Welcome to Jazz Piano Skills. I'm Dr. Bob Lawrence. It's time to discover, learn, and play jazz piano. I don't know about you, but I had a ton of fun last week. Tune Tuesday. I introduced a new feature for those of you who are listening for the first time. I introduced a new feature last Tuesday, uh, last week's podcast episode called Tune Tuesday. And I plan on doing a Tune Tuesday at least at least once a month. And uh, on Tune Tuesday, we discover, learn, and play a jazz standard together. We take the time to discover some interesting and historical facts about the tune, like the composer, year, influential recordings, influ- influential musicians, uh, and so on. We also learn the tune, uh, we learn its form, harmonic function, chord scale relationships, right, modes. And we play the tune uh, in its sections uh, and also in its entirety using arpeggio motion, scale motion, and improvisation. And last week, we kicked it off for the first time with Duke Ellington's Take the A-Train. It was great. I had, a, I had fun. I hope, I hope you had fun. Uh, when it's all said and done, uh, we're going to discover, learn, and play a jazz standard on every Tune Tuesday. And again, I, I plan on doing, doing one at least uh, once a month. So and maybe even more importantly than learning the tune, actually you end up learning a systematic and methodical way to properly build a jazz repertoire. So, hey, stay tuned so you don't miss Tune Tuesday. (laughs) Okay. All right. So today, today we are going to, we're going to go a complete opposite direction. And instead of focusing on an entire tune, we are going to discover, learn, and play a specific sound. So think about this. The proper study of any discipline requires you to establish a macro and a micro exploration balance. So last week was obviously a macro approach, right? We we looked at an entire song from beginning to end. And this week is all about a micro approach. And to be honest with you, I personally, I personally enjoy micro-exploration the most. Now, don't get me wrong. I enjoy the big picture, right? I enjoy taking an entire tune like we did last week and learning that entire tune from start to finish. But I have to admit, I love getting under the hood, so to speak, and taking apart the various sounds of music to see how they work. And this is what we're going to do today. This is exactly what we are going to do today. We are going to take apart the dominant sharp 11 sound. Now, as you're listening to this podcast on the dominant sharp 11 sound, if you have any questions, the great news is that you can get help immediately. Uh, If you have any questions during this podcast episode, you can send me a speak pipe message, a voicemail, and I will respond with an answer right away. If you are listening to this podcast through the Jazz Piano Skills website, look directly below the podcast player, and you'll see the snazzy little widget called SpeakPipe. And click on that, the button. It's called Start Recording, the Start Recording button. That's it. Click on that button and speak. That's all there is to it. 
Your message will come to me in seconds, and I will return your question with an answer. It's awesome. SpeakPipe allows us to engage with one another and for you to get help quickly. It's a very cool technology, and I hope you take advantage of it uh, as you listen to this podcast. And I hope you use it often. I'm always happy to help you at any time. Discover, learn, and play jazz piano. Okay, jazz, music, is made up of sound. What I'm trying to say is not just jazz, but all of music is made up of sound. This is what we do as musicians. We produce sound. I know this may be obvious to you as I say it, but let's be honest. It's not. Most students, most people, do not think of music as sound. In fact, most people think of music as simply notes. Notes that produce an autonomous sine wave. The thought is this. Musicians, composers, string together a bunch of autonomous sine waves, notes, and voila, we have music. We then take that sequence of autonomous sine waves, notes, and we put them together on paper so people can reproduce them at home. This is music. This is why most people think that learning music is simply learning how to read music. How to read a sequence of autonomous sine waves. Not too exciting when I put it like that. But actually, that is why most people, after they start music, the study of music, They last for a while, and then they stop. They quit. And that's because music has simply just been a series of autonomous sine waves linked together. Very mechanical process. Very much a dot and button approach. That dot means push this button, and so on. As a jazz musician, I can emphatically say that reading music is simply a musical skill. It is not music. Those autonomous sine waves have a relationship. And it's the relationship that produces a specific sound. And it is that specific sound that you, me, and anyone who wants to play jazz must become profoundly aware of and intimately comfortable with if we hope to become an accomplished musician. We must know and be able to play the sounds of music. And today, we take the time to discover, learn, and play the dominant sharp 11 sound. Before we dig in, I want you to know the educational guides for this Jazz Panel Skills podcast episode devoted to the dominant Sharp 11 sound are available for immediate download at jazzpanelskills.com. 
And again, if you are listening to this podcast episode uh, through the Jazz Piano Skills website, you'll see the download links for each guide to the right of the podcast player. Very easy. And likewise, you can easily access all of the educational guides for all episodes through the Jazz Panel Skills store. So um, there are three educational guides, the illustration guide, the lead sheet guide, and the play-along guide uh, for every Jazz Panel Skills podcast episode, which can be downloaded individually or as a bundle or as a subscription. The illustration guide, uh, for those of you listening for the first time, helps you discover the Jazz Panel Skill conceptually. Uh, the imagery and the graphics that I put together, I think, are fantastic, right? Their imagery, the imagery and graphics I wish I would have had when I was uh, studying this, initially starting out. So uh, the dominant sharp 11 sound is outlined for you in these guides uh, visually. And you've heard me say this a thousand times, your physical growth and your, as a jazz pianist depends 100% of your mastery of, of a jazz piano skill the dominant sharp 11 sound mentally. It's your conceptual understanding that drives your physical development. So imagery, graphics, play a huge part in that development. Uh, so check out the illustration guide to help you thoroughly digest the shapes and sounds of jazz, the dominant sharp 11 sound. Uh, the lead sheet guides uh, use traditional musical notation to help you learn the dominant sharp 11 sound or the jazz panel skill uh, that is being addressed. And if you're a reader and you like seeing the concepts placed on the musical staff, then the lead sheets are your ticket. They are perfect for you to have sitting on your piano as a quick reference when you're getting the various um, sounds, the various melodic lines or harmonic shapes under your fingers. And there are 12 lead sheets uh, included one for each key, not just for the key that I use to demonstrate the skill within the podcast episode. So the lead sheet guides are invaluable. The play-along guide are play-along tracks. And again, for all 12 keys. And they're perfect to help you successfully play the jazz piano skill being taught. So they're going to help you play the dominant sharp 11 sound. And the play-along tracks... Uh, in addition to that, help you really develop a strong sense of internal time, uh, proper jazz feel and articulation. And again, I say this all the time as well, that these are uh, essential elements of playing jazz piano that you must experience them in order to properly develop them. And there is no better way to do this than to use quality play-along tracks. So three guides, the illustration guide, the lead sheet guide, and the play-along guide. I cannot stress to you enough how beneficial these educational podcast guides are for maximizing your musical growth. Be sure to check them out at jazzpianoskills.com if you're not already there uh, listening to the podcast. If you happen to be listening to it uh, through another platform like Spotify, or iHeartRadio, or Pandora, or Apple Podcast, then simply go to jazzpanelskills.com, go to the home page, and you'll see the menu bar that runs across the top of the page. Click on the podcast link, and it will take you to the podcast page where all the podcast episodes are laid out by year, 
that you can just click on the expandable menu, select the episode that you want, and you will be good to go. You'll have the podcast player there. You'll have uh, access to all the educational guides that you can uh, download as well. And of course, after you download the educational guides, if you have questions or need assistance, uh, you can always do so very easily. Again, using the SpeakPipe widget to send me a direct message, uh, voicemail, and I'll respond right back to you. Or you can post your uh, question in the in the Jazz Panel Skills forum and let the Jazz Panel Skills community help you. Or attend the Thursday evening Jazz Panel Skills Masterclass at 8 p.m. Central Time to get your questions answered face-to-face. Again, so many ways to get help and to get assistance when you need it. And my entire goal, I continue to stress and, and uh, express how important it is for me to provide for you the very best jazz piano lessons, jazz piano educational materials, and support available anywhere today. Okay, here we go. Let's discover, learn, and play jazz piano. In this podcast episode, you are going to discover the dominant sharp 11 sound. You are going to learn how to construct the dominant 11 sound. And you are going to play the dominant sharp 11 sound, both harmonically and melodically. So regardless of where you are personally in your jazz journey, whether you're a beginner or an intermediate player, an advanced player, or even an experienced professional, I guarantee it that you will find this podcast episode, this lesson, exploring the dominant sharp 11 sound, to be very beneficial. With any sound, any sound, the very first thing we want to do is to get a handle on the sound, to discover it, First and foremost, harmonically, as a chord. And today I'm going to use the C dominant 7 sharp 11 as the model. And you, of course, are going to then apply the approach I use today to the remaining 11 dominant sharp 11 chords. That's kind of interesting, right? The remaining 11 dominant sharp 11 chords, right? So we're going to start with um, a two-handed. We're going to construct this sound, the dominant sharp 11 sound, using a classic two-handed piano voicing. Okay? So in your left hand, I want you to play the third and the seventh of C dominant seventh. That's going to be your E and your B flat. And in your right hand, I want you to play a D major triad in root position. So that's going to be D, F sharp, and A. So you put those five notes together, the two notes in your left hand, the E and B flat, and the three notes in your right hand, D, F sharp, A. We play them together. We get a very nice C dominant 7 sharp 11. Now if you want the full effect, you can reach down and play the note C down in the bass, hold your sustain pedal down, and then come up and hit those five notes. Wow. 
big cord, right? So it's a great way to, to digest that the full impact of that sound. Play the C in the bass again. Hold your, hold your sustain pedal down and come up and hit those five notes. Just let that sink in. What a sound. Okay, so that's voicing. That's a two-handed voicing, number one. The second voicing I, I want you to utilize. So we're going to use the seventh and the third in the left hand. So we're going to put the seventh, the B-flat, first. And now the third, E. And we're going to play our D major triad, but we're going to play it in third, uh, I guess, second inversion, right? So it's going to be A, D, and F sharp. So play together. Nice. And again, to get the full impact of the sound, go down and play your C in the bass. Hold your sustain. Pedal down. Come up and hit those five notes. Really pretty. So that's the second voicing. So the first voicing again. And the second voicing. First voicing. Second voicing. Wow. Such a great way to kind of, I like, I use the expression, you know, to bathe, to bathe in the sound. And you don't have to do anything fancy with this, right? Just play the bass note, come up and play the voicing and just let it ring and listen to that sound, right? It's a great way to really start digesting the, the, the dominant sharp 11 sound. Now, an easy way for you to transfer this information, this knowledge, to the remaining 11 dominant chords is just think of it as a, kind of a polychord relationship, another one, cho one chord stacked on top of another chord. So notice I played the D major triad on top of my C dominant 7. So always think the major triad a whole step above the dominant chord that you're wanting to produce the sharp 11 sound. So if you were doing this for F dominant, you would place a G major triad on top of your F dominant. If you're doing this for a B flat dominant, you would place a C major triad on top of your B flat dominant, and so on. It's a nice, easy, and quick way for you to initially get your hands on the dominant sharp 11 sound. Okay, now that we have established the dominant 7 sharp 11 sound harmonically as a chord, now we want to learn that sound, the dominant sharp 11 sound, melodically. So to do so, we are going to use ascending and descending scale motion. And I want to present to you two approaches to accomplish this. Approach number one is the academic approach, the college perspective. <laughs> and approach number two 
is the practical approach, the street perspective. Okay, approach number one, the academic or the college perspective. The dominant sharp 11 sound originates from the melodic minor scale and is often called the Lydian flat 7. So to make sense of this, we are going to take the G melodic minor scale. Uh, we're going to first, let's first construct the G melodic minor scale. So to do that, we're going to start with the G major scale. G, A, B, C, D, E, F sharp. And to turn a major scale into a melodic minor scale, we're just going to simply flat the third of that scale. So that would be the note B. We're going to lower that one half step to B flat. So now we get G, A, B flat, C, D, E, F sharp. There's our G melodic minor scale. Going up and coming down the same way. We do not change the notes of the scale on uh, descent when descending, like you may have seen on the internet, Google. Uh, it, it's a classical perspective, and this is jazz, so we do not change the melodic minor scale. So again, it's going to be G, A, B flat, C, D, E, F sharp, and coming back down the same way. So now if we take that G melodic minor scale, play the exact same notes of that scale, starting on the note C, we get what looks like and sounds like a C dominant 7 sharp 11. And there you have it. So from the academic perspective, the, the college perspective, if you want to uh, construct the dominant sharp 11 sound, you begin with the melodic minor scale, and then you treat that melodic minor scale as Lydian, which it, hence it gets its name Lydian flat 7, and you will now have a dominant sharp 11 sound. Sounds very academic. And you know what? It's you know, you can kind of tell I'm tongue in cheek here, but there's a valid, there's, it's a valid approach to looking at it. And what it, in fact, that's what it does. It validates the sound. It's a legitimate sound coming from the melodic minor scale. Okay. It's just that I would say to you, you cannot think that way when you play. If you try to think that way when you play, it would be equivalent to strapping sandbags around your ankles and trying to swim across the Atlantic Ocean. It ain't gonna happen. So I would strongly suggest approach number two, the practical approach, or what I like to call the street perspective. And that is, first of all, start with your C major scale. Turn it into a dominant scale by lowering the seventh. Now the B becomes a B flat. That totally makes sense, right? Because that's how we change our C major chord to a dominant chord by lowering the seventh, right? C, E, G, B, C, E, G, B flat. We'll do the same thing for the 
for the scale, right? C major scale. Now change it to C dominant chord. Change the scale to be dominant. Pretty straightforward, pretty simple. Oh, and you want a sharp 11? Well, let's just raise the 4th or the 11th a half step. There it is. <laughs> Let me do it cleanly. F sharp. So again. Much easier, right? Just a real practical approach. You start with the dominant scale, right? Raise the fourth, a half step, or the eleventh, and now you have C dominant sharp eleven. No need to be thinking modes, no need to be thinking melodic minor, no need to be thinking about that melodic minor starting on a different different note in order to produce the dominant sharp eleven sound that you desire. Right? That's a lot of hoops to jump through to get there. I, I would highly recommend approach number two, the practical approach. If need be, start with the major scale, turn it into a dominant scale, and then sharp the fourth degree of the scale, or the eleventh, raise it one half step, and now you have your dominant sharp eleven sound. For those of you who are interested, I mentioned this in passing uh, earlier, that on Thursday evening, 8 p.m. Central Time, I am live online using the Zoom platform that I know you're familiar with. And this is an online masterclass, an open discussion, and deeper dive into the dominant sharp 11 sound. So we'll be, we'll be looking at all of this in a much more uh, detailed and profound way on Thursday evening. So if you can join us, that would be great. Uh, again, it's Thursday evening. 8 p.m. Central Time. And of course, I always leave room within the hour-long masterclass for some Q&A as well. So it's a lot of fun. It's, a, again, a deeper exploration of the jazz piano skill concept for the week that we're exploring, that we are on the process to discover, learn, and play. And if you can join us, that would be great. You'll meet some new folks and uh, have some fun as well. I always say it is definitely a value-added educational opportunity for you that you do not want to miss. The Zoom link is posted on my Twitter and Instagram and Facebook pages. So uh, if you're not already following me, please be sure to do so. Uh, plus, I, it is posted on uh, the homepage at Jazz Piano Skills. Dot com as well. So I look forward to meeting you Thursday evening, 8 p.m. Central Time, online, through Zoom. Great fun. I'll see you on Thursday evening. Okay, let's play the dominant 7 sharp 11 sound. So the very first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to practice this sound using scale motion, right? And I'm going to start with the root, and I'm going to go play to the seventh. So literally, I'm just going to go up. And I'm going to have this sound underneath it. I'm kind of letting it just blend all together here, right? Right? 
that's the sound. So I'm going to bring in the ensemble, and uh, we are just going to sit on C7 sharp 11. And you're going to hear me just play from the root to the seventh and back down, ascending and descending. And you'll hear me use those two-handed voicings that we walked through earlier in the episode, in this lesson, right? So I'm going to use those harmonic shapes that we outlined, and I'm going to play the scale, the sound as a scale from the root to the seventh. And in doing so, I'm going to focus on playing this scale as an improvised line. I'm going to play it as a musical idea. I'm not thinking of it as a scale. I want it to be very musical, right? So let's bring in the ensemble. Let's hear this D, uh, C dominant sharp 11 sound in context, okay? Here we go. Let's check it out. nice, right? A lot of times the sharp 11 sound when first introduced, it's kind of harsh on the ears, right? Like, you know, a lot of students go, hmm, I'm not sure. But I tell you what, man, the more, the more you live with this sound, the more, the more it starts to sound just mm, beautiful. So again, I was just trying to play that scale from the root to the seventh and back down as musical as I possibly can, as musically as I possibly can, with a nice jazz feel and a nice jazz articulation. Don't do anything fancy when you're doing this, right? This is not improvised time. This is like really kind of digest this sound harmonically and melodically. Now, we want to continue with our exploration of this sound, but now we're going to shift it a little bit, right? We want a different, we're going to create a different perspective. So now I'm going to play that same sound, but I'm going to now play it from the third to the ninth, right? So I'm going to start on the note E, and I'm going to go all the way up to the note D, or the ninth. And again, if I put the, the sharp 11 chord underneath it, there's my sound, and I want to play that scale. Wow. Same scale, same sound, different perspective. So let's bring the ensemble in, and now let's hear that sound, the sharp 11 sound, in that perspective in a musical context. Again, I just want to play it as musically as I possibly can with a nice jazz feel and nice jazz articulation. 
So here we go. Let's check it out. stuff pretty neat right we want to with any sound with any scale or any arpeggio for that matter we're focusing on scale today but with any sound with any scale any motion that we're using we always want to practice it from multiple perspectives you do not always want to play a scale from the root right that's one dimensional not good so we want to always create a different perspective of the sound. And I like doing that by simply moving my entry point of the sound from the root to the third. And now we're going to move it to the fifth and create another perspective. So now my dominant sharp 11 sound starts on the G. And it will go all the way up to the sharp 11 sound. Put my voicing underneath it, my nice voicing. Now play that scale. I'm just kind of letting it all blend together. Wow, really cool perspective. So now let's bring the ensemble in and let's drop this into a musical context and let's hear how it sounds. And again, I'm not trying to improvise. In fact, I'm thinking of this line as an improvisational line, even though it's the scale, technically. Uh, but I want to play it with a nice jazz feel, a nice articulation up and down. So here we go. Let's check it out. Pretty cool. It's, it's great stuff, right? So, so far, we've taken the dominant sharp 11 sound. We've looked at it from the root to the seventh. 
We've looked at it from the 3rd to the ninth. Now we just looked at it from the 5th to the sharp 11th. All right, we have a couple more perspectives to go, but I want to mention before time gets away that um, in addition to the educational podcast guides, the illustrations, the lead sheets, and the playlongs uh, that are available for you to download, which I strongly suggest that you do, um, there are uh, the Jazz Piano Skills courses online as well that I want you to check out when you have a moment. And the courses are a tremendous sequential jazz curriculum that utilize a self-paced format for you uh, that are packed with all kinds of educational goodies. Each course has a series of lessons, six lessons each, with detailed instructions, illustrations, educational talks, interactive learning media, traditional guides and worksheets that you can download and utilize, uh, high-definition video demonstrations of me playing the skills in all 12 keys. There's play-along tracks and lead sheets and, of course, educational support. Uh, and, then, and, yes, mobile access to all the courses and lessons on any of your smart devices, your, your desktops, your laptops, your tablets, phones, TVs, watches. So any device that you have that has internet access, you can access the Jazz Piano Skills courses. So when you're at jazzpianoskills.com, yes, of course, check out the educational guides, but the Jazz Piano Skill courses are worth taking a look at as well. If you have any questions, let me know. Okay, so now let's look at the dominant sharp 11 sound. Starting on the seventh of the sound, right? So we're going to start on B flat and we're going to travel to the 13th or to the note A. Again, let me put my voice in underneath that. Now, let me do that again. Wow, just a different, same sound, but wow, what a different perspective, right? So now let's bring the ensemble in, and let's uh, sit on this D, C dominant 7 sharp 11, and let's explore it from the 7th to the 13th, okay? Again, not trying to improvise, I'm focusing on my articulation, my feel, and really trying to just bathe in the sound and digest the, uh, the chord, the voicing, as well as the scale motion, ascending and descending. So here we go. Let's check this out.
good stuff indeed. <laughs> really good stuff. Wow, so important. You're going to see here in a second why it's so important to get comfortable with a sound from various perspectives, being able to enter that sound from different entry points and not just from the root, right? You, the reality of it is you never know where you're going to be coming from or going to when you have to play any sound, right? Any sound, not just the dominant sharp 11 sound, but any sound. So practicing it from multiple perspectives is absolutely essential. Now, the last entry point we're going to use is actually the ninth. I'm going to start on the D of the sound, and I'm going to travel to the root. So we're going to end up right where we started, at the root. So we're going... So again, let me put the voice underneath. Again. Wow, see, and I, I like to let it just all bleed together when I'm working that sound out. I just, again, I like to bathe in that sound. So nothing wrong with put that sustain pedal down hit the voicing, play the scale, and just let it all merge together. Okay? But now, we're going to actually place it into a musical context. So I'm not going to sit on my pedal, right? I'm bringing in my bass and my drummer and my guitarist. And now I want to play that like a legitimate musical line. So here we go with the dominant 7, sharp 11 sound, entry point being the ninth, and traveling up to the root. Let's see what this sounds like. Here we go. So we have just completed a pretty thorough, a pretty thorough exploration of the dominant sharp 11 sound, the C dominant 7 sharp 11 sound from various entry points, from the root, from the third, from the fifth, from the seventh, from the ninth, ascending, descending, using scale motion. Pretty darn thorough. So the last step we want to do is actually place it into harmonic motion, right? So we're going to use the classic 2-5-1 progression. Uh, in the key of F, so we have our G minor going to our C7 sharp 11, resolving to our F major. So my focus is going to be on the dominant sharp 11 sound, not on the G minor and not on the F major. So I'm not worried about doing anything fancy on the bookends, right, on the G minor or on the F major. It's that C dominant 7 sharp 11 that I want to focus on. And the way I'm going to do this is when we play the two chord, 
I'm going to make my focal point on the two chord, the root. Then from that root, I'm going to play the C dominant seven sharp 11 scale, okay? Then it will resolve to the F major. Now the next time around, when I come back to the two chord, I'm gonna focus on the third of the G minor. So I'm gonna focus on that B flat and then launch into my scale, ascending or descending from that B flat of the G minor. Then when I circle back around, I'm gonna make the focal point of the G minor, the note D. And then I'm going to ascend or descend using the C dominant seven sharp 11 scale from that note D of the G minor. And then when we circle back around again for the last time, I'm gonna make the focal point of my G minor, the F or the seventh. And then launch into my C dominant seven sharp 11 scale from that F. In other words, what I'm trying to do is what I mentioned earlier. I'm trying to create a scenario where I'm not sure where I'm coming from or going to with my improvisational line. Wh where am I gonna be when I have to enter into my C7 sharp 11 sound? I don't know. So what I try to do is simulate that as best as I possibly can by making my focal point of the minor chord before it uh, a various note, like a, the root or the third or the fifth or the seventh. I hope that makes sense. If not, send me a message and I'll answer that for you or join the masterclass Thursday evening. We'll talk about this a little bit more in detail. But I think hopefully you'll hear as I bring the ensemble in and I actually play this in context, you'll hear what's going on as I move the focal point of my minor entry point so it forces me to play my dominant 7 sharp 11 sound from a different entry point. Okay, so here we go. Let's bring the ensemble in 251, key of F, uh, using the dominant 7 sharp 11 sound. So here we go. Let's check this out. when you start hearing a specific sound, not only in context, right, uh, musical context, but also in the context of harmonic motion, like 2-5-1. Very powerful. It's a very powerful way to practice and study a specific sound. So, you know, we've covered a lot of ground today and a lot of ways to um, think about not just the dominant sharp 11 sound, but any sound that we deal with. And we're going to continue to deal with sound in upcoming podcast episodes as well. So anyway, I hope you have found this Jazz Piano Skills podcast lesson exploring the dominant sharp 11 sound 
to be incredibly insightful and, of course, beneficial. So don't forget, I will see you Thursday evening at the Jazz Piano Skills Masterclass at 8 p.m. Central Time to discuss this podcast episode in greater detail and to answer any questions that you may have about this lesson or the study of jazz in general. Also, don't forget, download the educational guides for this podcast lesson at jazzpianoskills.com. They are a tremendous resource that will expedite your musical growth and maximize it, right? And while you're there, check out the Jazz Piano Skills courses as well and the Jazz Piano Skills forums. Join the community, get involved, and make some new jazz piano friends. And as always, you can reach me by phone. My office number here at the Dallas School of Music is 972-380-8050. My extension is 211. Or by email, drlawrence at jazzpianoskills.com. Or use the SpeakPipe widget found on the Jazz Piano Skills website. It's also in the educational guides. It's also found in the Jazz Piano Skills courses as well. So, that's it for now. And until next week, enjoy the journey. And most of all, have fun as you discover, learn, and play jazz piano.